Welcome along to the Wise Wednesday podcast where we are here to react to another Sunderland defeat, second consecutive defeat in the league in what was Phil Parkinson's first game in charge, a 1-0 defeat to Wickham Wanderers. How about that? Right. Um, joining myself and Gareth, we have Michael Luff, as most, I said, I was going to say as always, but as in most occasions yeah. on a Monday. 75% I'd say maybe. And we were admiring your tie. I mean, it's not great for an audio medium, but it's... Well, we can describe it. He's got a photo. Yeah, take a photo. We'll we'll tweet it out. A pink tie with flowers on. Yeah. It's very good. I'm not even being sarcastic. I like it. It's good. Um, What do you think of the tie, Danny? (laughs) It's nice for summer. Uh, (laughs) I feel towards the middle of October, but uh, no, no, he's had had a good go, hasn't he? Mm. I mean, for Sunderland, this is kind of summer weather still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Steady 13 degrees. That's the voice of Danny Collins, former Sunderland defender, of course, probably wondering what the hell he's gotten himself into, Mm. because it is his first uh, appearance on on our podcast. It is, yeah. It is. Uh, We've spoken to the fan zone before. You've you've done a bit over the the Rock Report lads, haven't you? Yeah. They had Lee Howie on the weekend, so we've kind of done a... We've done a switch over, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've done a flip. So uh, Danny's here to talk about the defeat as well. Mickey Love's got loads of notes, which I'm really impressed with. Um, Can't wait for that. And we'll also look ahead because, of course, Sunderland are playing Tranmere tomorrow. So there's only a small window for you to listen to this. Do the notes cover off what you were saying during the game on Saturday, Mickey? Absolutely not, because I think think I'd be incarcerated. (laughs) Given given the reaction to the uh, podcast last week, I think um, (laughs) things you were saying during the game would would certainly would not go down no well. would not go down well at all. <laughs> We're going to be trying trying to be as positive as we can. What I was saying uh, to Mickey in the car over actually, it's, it's an interesting show to get Danny on because he can give us an insight um, coming from a professional footballer as to how long realistically a new manager can put his stamp on a side. Um, yeah, we were obviously just having a quick chat about that. Really, I think. Obviously going into Saturday's game, he he came in Thursday morning, I think, didn't he? Um, took training. Well, you know, he was out there for training, I think, and then obviously Friday they've probably travelled and trained on the way down, maybe or or vice versa. But um, I think it was obviously too early to to put his stamp on the t- on the side for the weekend, perhaps. But um, just the disappointing thing, obviously, I watched the game was um, you expected a, perhaps a bit more not effort as such, but the lads to, to put in a more of a shift, I think. And, you know, new manager comes in, it usually kicks the boys on, you know, another 5-10% to, to go out there and obviously stick a, stick a shirt really for, for regular, you know, outings. And um, But it was disappointing. But yeah, I think it's going to take him, he'll have in mind, you know, obviously players he'll be looking to, to bring in maybe in the in the window in January and, and where he needs to strengthen the side. And um, in the meantime, he's got to try and get the boys going. Does it worry you then that there's there's an issue if the players aren't putting the shift in? Because we said after the Lincoln game, you know that, that they were terrible and they just and they just weren't um, and they weren't you know winning the second balls, mm. they weren't putting tackles in. Yeah. Like you say, f- first game under a new manager, and you know it was the same again. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's say you, know, you mentioned the previous game under under the previous manager. Um, you know, it was a disappointing performance and results and. You know, it cost Jack his job at the end of the day. Um, so once Jack's gone, I think you're looking perhaps for for the new manager to come in earlier. Um, you know, obviously the the Fleetwood game was cancelled, and you know if, if if he does come in earlier, then it gives him that chance. You know, a week to sort of seven eight days to to work with the players a bit a bit longer than what he had. Um, but you know, watching over, you know the two games, the last two games, um, just. I'd say the work rate, I don't know, it's just dominating games. They're not dominating games as what you'd expect, you know, with the the quality of the players, what you know are in there, um, just perhaps aren't doing it at this time. 
So does anyone think it was maybe a mistake for Parkinson to be in the dugout on Saturday, given that he only took over on Thursday? Because it means if he maybe took in the game from the stands, he can maybe disassociate himself from that performance to an extent, and then he has a fresh start on Tuesday against Tramier in front of a home crowd. He might have backed himself to win it though. I, I know, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you yeah. wouldn't. He probably wasn't expecting that performance. No. I think it's a good, as you say, you're going to a team who was sat second in the table. Obviously, their manager was linked with coming into Sunderland as well. Um, I think usually them type of ones are if they've been appointed the day before, they might sit in the stand where they get a good view of the squad and they can watch it. They might have had an influence on the team that gets picked, mm-hmm. but I think. Um, I think it was right for him to be in the dugout personally. I think, you know, he's had 48 hours in and around the players. He's got to know the boys in that space of time, I think. And, um, you know, if they come away with a, with a victory, then everyone's singing his praises quite quickly. You know, he's, he's obviously put his stamp on the game. You know, he's got the lads working, blah, 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 and that type of stuff. But, you know, unfortunately, they, they came away with a, another defeat. They certainly did. I mean, before the game, I thought, when I looked at the lineup, and we know uh, Parkinson's reputation, he was speaking before the game, wasn't he, about playing to the strength of the strikers. Um I wish that he'd name-checked Will Grigg instead of um, Charlie White personally, but what he said was Charlie White scores his goals by getting crosses into the box. So I looked at the team and I thought, right, Ledbetter is going to be sitting deep, pinging the ball in, into space in the channels here, and we're going to be putting lots I of crosses anyone in. anyone was going to be pinging the ball. Well, there was a lot of what I was going to say ball. is I thought it's a very basic tactic, but I actually wish that I did say that on Saturday because it wasn't even that really to look at. Um, which... Well, it, <laughs> Right, you get. I get the thing about yeah. He's had two days, and give him a chance and all that, and you'll get a chance. But I was disappointed massively. Just run around. Why? Why not? Why aren't they running around? So who's, that, who's that on then? I was just saying to Danny before, like it, it's alarming to me that is because you might not be able to influence tactically in two days, mm. but at least you can go in and give a decent speech and lift people so they know. You know, we're not. You know, see. You know, we're not going to. We're not going to be able to influence a game tactically on Saturday. But what we can do is work hard and inf- and get in people's faces and influence the game that way and make people make mistakes and make people know that you, you're in the game. And we just were meek again. We we're passive. That's that's my worry. We we're passive again, and we was getting increasingly more passive under Jack Ross, and that was as passive as we've been, as I've seen since we've been in in this division. And that that is alarming to me, and ho- I'm hoping tomorrow night against Tranmere, you know, there's there's someone else there because you know they probably are going to sit off, and they're not going to be as you know they're not at home, so and, and they're, they're not as good a team as Wickham. But you know, we shouldn't be worrying about what other, how good other teams not are. Not as good a team as bloody Wickham. I know, it's path- <laughs> I know it's pathetic, isn't it? I mean, yeah, people I mean, talk about arrogance, you know, but you know you've got to have a bit of self-respect. You know, these players. Well, we had six internationals on the bench, I think. Yeah. I mean, me and Stephen were saying in the car on the way over, and I think we said on Saturday watching the game, it reminded me very much of when we used to go to a side in the Premier League who were mid-table, like a Burnley, for example, and we just kind of meekly surrender and lose the game 2-0. And it very much, for the first time, I agree with you, the whole vibe was we are just an ordinary League One club now, and it seems as though that standard's being accepted, which I agree is a big worry. It's still, I mean... You're saying that, but it's the reaction of the the Wigan player who scored the goal after the game. You know when he did the uh, the interview with the club channel. Did you see that? And I haven't listened. I'm not going to give him a click. Okay, so he uh, he put it on there saying, you know, the Sunderland came up here and the the strutted about with the arrogance and stuff, and we, we wanted to say to them, not you know, you play by our rules when you're an hour an hour gaff or whatever it was he said. So that suggests other teams are still 
raising the game to play. Yeah, I think, obviously, looking at the two teams for me in the league, obviously, Ipswich are a big side coming into League One, obviously, playing at higher over the last few years. And, <coughs> and Sunderland themselves, you know, it's not I'm saying it's an FA Cup for a lot of teams, but they might raise their game. And it's a scalp that teams will want to take, you know what I mean, coming into coming into League One, whether it be at the Stadium of Light, which is obviously a great stadium for, for some lads to come and play who aren't going to get the chance to perhaps play at stadiums like that in their, you know, in their careers. Um, but I'm not saying Sunderland have to go with an arrogance, but they have to roll their sleeves up, you know, puff the chest out and say, we are Sunderland, we are a big team in this league and we, you know, our ultimate aim is to get back into the championship and, you know, at the minute they're not quite doing that. The lads aren't going out there and putting in the performances, which, uh, which are obviously kicking but them on to Would you be hoping to... somebody in the squad gets a team together, Danny? Kevin Ball speaks about this all the time. Well, and I know, all, I know, I know. We're looking at you know, it's different in the modern game. And you mean leaders coming yeah, into it, just, and pulling the lads about? Yeah. Well, like, like, how many dressing rooms have you been in where yeah, somebody's called a team meeting or something? Yeah, you know, football's a game of momentum, and how you're getting on. I mean, I've been in change rooms, but obviously, suddenly we got relegated with 15 points, and it's tough. Um, you go on runs in, in games where you're getting beat week in, week out, and you're coming in training Monday morning, and the training ground is quite low. It's naturally what, what happens, you know. Um, on the other hand, you know, if you're playing week in, week out, as we did under Roy, we went on that great run and you, you're coming in Monday morning, everyone's buzzing, the place is up and, um, you know, you think you're going out there on a Saturday and you're coming away with three points. That's just how football goes at times. But in terms of the lads in and around the place, I know a few of the boys. I know Grant, obviously I played with Grant at Sunderland and at Ipswich. And uh, although he's, a, he's an experienced boy, he was quite a quiet lad. But, you know, when I knew him and in, in, in the teams with Grant, um around the place then Joel Lynch I'm guessing he looks like a leader type um, whether he's vocal or not I don't know and same with Willis alongside him your centre-halves usually are your, your vocal pe- people out on the pitch you know um, so in and around the rest of the squad I don't know if there's too many leaders in there you know when the going gets tough um, hopefully you know Phil Parkinson can come in with Steve Parkin and they can ruffle a few feathers if you like and get them going they'll be happy there's a game now won't yeah they? I'd say so yeah you know especially after a defeat and you know, I used to love midweek games. Anyway, beats training all week. You know, waiting for the for the next game to come round on a Saturday afternoon. I think it's uh, the lads will be will have been in this morning. They might have done a little debrief from the game at the weekend, and then and then straight back out on the training pitch to to get ready for tomorrow night against Tramia. I, I mean, we had a chat about this at the weekend, didn't we, Mickey? And I was kind of saying I feel as though we probably could have done without the game from an organisational perspective. You know, like I know what you're saying. To give them a full week training just with the boys, to, yeah, right? just to yeah. you know try and try and imprint some of the ideas again. We've got a two game turnaround, and the thing is, one of the lads brought up in the the group chat earlier. I can't remember it. You know that you always say with a new manager, you got to give him time and all this kind of thing. Ross left when we were it, 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 after his last game. We were sixth in the league. Mm-hmm. So, how much time do you give somebody to be fifth, fourth, third? This is a second problem. in the league, and and we've got three games. We've got to play Tramier, Shrewsbury, and um, South End. Nine points. You have to get nine points because we need to win twenty-seven games to get promoted, and we've got thirty-three left, and we've won five. So we need to win twenty-two of thirty-three games to go up, yeah. and you can't be dropping points against Tramier and 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 South End. You might go to Shrewsbury, you draw. You'd probably be disappointed because you're running you're running out of games like people look at it from a short term perspective yeah well it takes time you don't want to leave yourself in a situation where you need to win 10 games on the bounce yeah. you've got to start winning now because if the, they have to go up the season when when the slack chat roster said Stuart Donald went on the radio and he made a comment he said what, what are you looking for in a new manager and he said one that's going to get us promoted 
That's yeah. the remit. I mean, yeah, I'd almost argue that it's a unique position for Phil Parkinson in the, like, the history of the club, really, especially even looking from like, the 1960s onwards. I actually had a look at managers um, back to that era, and we've never had a manager who has been appointed when we've been kind of high up in the league. It's always been at the start of the season, going into a new season because they've had a poor season the season before, or they've been sacked halfway through the season. So I was looking back on some managers that we've had, and um, so like Sam Allardyce, for instance, he came in, in the October of the year that we stayed up and he only won um, three out of his first 11 games and eight of those were defeats we didn't draw in his first 11 games but the problem is um, Parkinson doesn't have that luxury because when the likes of Allardyce were coming in we only had to win a few games really to confirm our Premier League survival so therefore you've got time to put your stamp on it you've got time to bet in and the supporters will give you that time because there's an awareness around the club that your ambition is simply to stay in the league and then you build from there and poor year as well, he only won two of his first 10 games in charge. Whereas Parkinson, like you say, if we say we draw tomorrow night already, I'm not saying he's under pressure, but people will start to get worried and people will start to panic. So I feel sorry for him in a way that he's been brought into this situation because it's not really fair on anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how long, Danny, does it take for a manager to... It's too broad of a question to say, put his stamp on a team, but what would he try to do to implement things differently? So he has his reputation, doesn't he? I, I yeah. think. Yeah, obviously, he's got a reputation of doing well in this league. Um, you know, a new manager comes in, I can guarantee they'll probably come into the meeting room. They'll say, lads, we need to get back to basics, do the basics right. Um, nine times out of ten, they'll probably say the running stats aren't what they should be. Do you know what I mean? They'll do all the sort of cliche type of stuff. And we need yeah, to we always, they always do that, don't yeah, they? Yeah, so yeah, you're not yeah. working as hard no, as you should be. Not working as hard as you should be. We need to put more miles in on the pitch, um, dominate possession more, this sort of stuff, really. And he'll go out and they'll do um, they'll do some shape play. Um, from a player's point of view, it can be quite boring, but it gets you organised and stuff. And, you, you know, they need to do it. And I think, you know, looking at some, are they creating enough chances? Are they scoring enough goals at the minute the answer is obviously no I don't think you know strikers wise I think McNulty's got two in the league hasn't he's top scorer in terms of the strikers so you know 12 games in that's not where they'd be aiming to be um, so he, he'll he'll know the issues they've got and he'll you know the next couple of weeks he'll try and work on it and I know you're saying there that perhaps you wouldn't want a game tomorrow night from the players point of view I'm sure they'll want to get back out there and, and you know and try and put things right as soon as they can. And they shouldn't need, I know what you're saying, Gareth, like it gives them all a week to work on stuff. They shouldn't, that group of players shouldn't need that really. At home game against Tramay, with trying to say oh. with respect, but we'll keep getting beat off these teams. But. No, well, we, we, we've we lost five of our last 14 games in the league. So, you know, that that isn't great, is it? And we've obviously won five. So, um, I just think that you're right. <clears throat> But I'm just worried about, we, we probably have to be more aggressive and get on the front foot tomorrow because, you know, I think the nature of the game will, will allow us to do it because they'll probably sit in and try and play on the break. Um, so it'll be like by, so just by default that'll happen. Um, and then it'll be interesting to see what our players like in the, th- in the final third. Obviously, we're trying to get the ball forward quickly at the weekend and then pick up the bits in the final third. And then it's going to be right how many players you're going to, you know, what to shape like once you get in those areas, how many players you get in the box, you know, how many runners have we got involved in the game at that stage. So we haven't really seen that because we didn't have any passage of play really, no. like a, a spell. We, you know, we need to get spell in their final third, yeah, dominating the ball. You, and that, you, really. Even, even like we, you know, we've discussed before the teams, mm. even the games where we play 
played quite well in. Yeah. The, the other team will have a, you know have Good ten minutes. Game, yeah. You know we didn't have ten minutes at the week and we didn't have five minutes, so we haven't really seen that. So it'll be interesting to see what the attacking patterns are like. You know, in in that environment, in that situation. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. And but I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm I am concerned just because, you know, we do need you know, to hit that two two points a game for the rest of the season to give ourselves a chance of getting promoted. Um, you know. Phil Parkinson got 86 points with Bolton when they got promoted in, in second place, I think it was. Um, so, you know, that's all we got last season. It might be enough this year. I mean, you probably should be aiming for 90 to to be sure um, to, to finish. Chairman wants 100, doesn't he? <laughs> that's not happening, is it? Well, this is it. You know, you, you look back at some of the stuff that goes on and, and things that are said, you know, and you, you, you look at it and look at us now, what we've played, 12 games... You know, we've got you know, 19 points. We're in 10th place. You know, we've had to change our manager. The squad's not as good as it was last yeah. season, no matter what people say. But the squad's good enough. This the league's not as good this season, in my opinion, from what I've seen. No. Nobody's really like, apart from Ipswich, nobody's really grabbing it by the scruff of the neck and going right. We're going to pull away like Portsmouth and, and Barnsley and and Luton last season. And you know, we did the same as well, and it was. You know, really high standard last year at the top, but this time it's like a couple. Of, you know, you get a team wins a couple, and mm. then they'll draw and lose one, and slip down another one. Will do the same and get above. You know, we just need to get. A, you know, if we win the next three games, which we need to, yeah. we probably find ourselves third or fourth. I would have thought. Um, so then that's what we've got to be doing, and then that'll get people back on side. But mm. the pressure comes. You know, you've got to do that consistently. You know, you, you've got to be winning games. If you want to get promoted, you've got to win, as I say, about 27 games. I mean, this is, I don't just want to talk about like Phil Parkinson and the pros and cons of him all night, but I think my biggest concern all is. Night. <laughs> <laughs> but my concern is that what the owners are saying publicly isn't matching what's actually happening in the decision making. So he goes on um, Talk Sport on the night that. Um, Jack Ross gets sacked and he states that we need a manager who will get us promoted because that was a reason for sacking Ross because he didn't feel that promotion was guaranteed this season. Now, I'm not against Phil Parkinson because he's got a good track record in the league, but he seems to be a bit of a slow builder. He's at clubs for two or three years, which is a good thing, but that suggests that he gets into a club, he has a while to look at it and analyse things and then puts his stamp on and then you see gradual progression. And when you look at Bolton, he was very much a firefighter. Whereas, like we were saying, that is not really what we what we need right now. We need someone to come in and hit the ground running. And maybe it's a bit of a flash in the pan and it's short-termism, but we need to get out of this league this season. And I think Phil Parkinson, given his track record, does smack a little bit of kind of more longer term, which is not what we need at the minute. And again, you know... You See, know I, I don't think it was a long term. He's, he's never done anything in the championship, of no. Well, two and a half year contract. What I mean is all, like, long term to get out of this league. Okay. Oh God. No, but that's but this, that's what I'm saying. But that's what yeah. that's what that appointment to me suggests. We can't have a th- we can't have a third season in this league. We can't. We like, it'll start problems will start because you know the people yeah and this people keep talking about this all the time. It's a point that's being made repeatedly. On the pitch, we're a League One team. The players are League One players. The infrastructure of the club is not sustainable at League One for a st- for a long period of time. We've been in this league. This is our we're not even through our third season this division in our entire history. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, the stats suggest we're not a club who can survive at this level. I completely agree. And especially with the setup, you know, different at Roker Park. Mm. You know, we've been in the Premier League two years ago and now now we're sort of 
struggling to go struggle, worried about going and playing Wickham at their place no, it's pathetic I like completely the, agree you know, and, and the need the need to sort of stop think if you think League One you are League One yep. and you know if people are going to accuse us of being arrogant when we're not well why don't we just be arrogant and why why don't we swag why don't we swagger about I don't you know. know. I wouldn't say like a swagger. It's just need to put a fear into teams. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's it's what like, I mean. You know, yeah. In the, in the Premier League, I mean, it's like a city having a fear. You know, going to place. You know, shit. We've got Man City at the weekend type of thing. You know, it should be along the lines of we're away at Sunderland at the weekend. All the best. You know, we, we might not have a lot of the ball, but that's not happening, is it? Do you know what I mean? They're not dominating teams enough at the stadium, and you know. Well, what is what did Roy? You know, look at Roy Keane. Obviously, you played yeah. under Roy. You know, think about. I remember one, you know, the um, Northampton Cup game. The Cup game, yeah. Where yeah, we're 2-0 yeah. down. Yeah. We're down to 10 men because Niren pulled his hamstring trying to keep out the second. 10 minutes to go. We end up winning on penalties because right, yeah. Anthony Stowe scored twice, I think, right in the last five minutes. Yeah. And then after the game, he comes out and absolutely obliterated everybody for it. Well, mm. No, we got that at half-time as well. Don't, <laughs> worry. don't worry about that, yeah. yeah. And full-time, half-time and extra no, time. No, he, he didn't come in at full-time. He didn't come in. No. But... But, uh, you know, do you know what I mean? And that, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the mental, like that's the mentality you've got mm, to have, yeah. and it, like he instilled in that club after one of the lowest points now of, of many in, re, of, in recent history. You know, he instilled that pride back into mm. the club. The, the players played for him, and you know that's what we need at the moment. We need somebody yeah. who's gonna not swagger's the wrong word. Like you say, just like you know, go like look. We shouldn't be here, and we need to make sure that yeah, people know. Results that help with that as well, though, don't possible. we? And that of goes course. back to one of the complaints we'd always had under Ross, where we could just never quite put a run together. It was a lot of draws, and then we win in game, and we weren't putting teams to the sword like Portsmouth were, and Luton <clears> were, and Barnsley were. Now, I mean, that seems like a nice bloody problem to have at the minute when we were more than off that great in Stanley that we didn't really put our foot in the throat because we can't even win a game at the minute. Um, but it comes down to the players, Danny, as well. Yeah. What point is it the players? Because yeah, no, we, we've, we've all said this is two games in a row under two different managers. Yes. And we've had the same kind same. of performance. Yeah, yeah. No, again, before we went on air, we mentioned uh, this before. And, you know, naturally the flack always goes to the manager. Um, personally, I think there's only so much that you can blame a manager. And at the end of the day, these players have been bought and brought to Sunderland for the reason that the club think they're good enough to do a job for the club and to get them out of this league. And I think... I'm not sure how many of them can say so far this season how many are given a 7 out of 10 week in week out you know um, so yeah for, as you say I think the players have got to turn up more and start doing more because they have to at some stage take some of the blame for the performances oh, it's not oh, all the managers all oh, the managers tactics and blah de, blah and that the players should you know at this level and a lot of them have played at a higher level as well or some of them have um, should be able to go out there take a game by a scruff of the neck and say listen boys we need to be doing more out here and you know having a good go and, and putting in performances. Hopefully we, we, we get that. What do, what do people think about team selections? Um, Wickham going into this game, uh, who, who, we, who they would like to see play, what surprises we saw from the weekend. The goalkeeper change was one that some people have been asking for, but did seem to come out of the blue a little bit still. I think he had a good game as well, Burge, on Saturday, to be fair. I think he's one of a few that came out with a bit of credit. I think tomorrow it's a lot more about mentality than team selection. Um, so I think... I know I keep on talking about it quite a lot, but when we played Rotherham in that game, the first half is arguably the best we've played this season. And that was quite direct, and there's nothing wrong with being direct if it's got a purpose behind it. So that night, we're playing balls into the channel over the top for McNulty to get into, and that's the type of ball that Will Grigg thrives on as well. 
So obviously I'm not pleased that Charlie White's injured, but I'm pleased that um, Greg or McNulty is going to get the opportunity to start because I think if we play like that, it's going to benefit them because they really enjoy getting that sort of ball over the shoulder to run onto and getting behind the defence. So I was surprised Gooch didn't play. Mm-hmm. Just to throw that in there, stop you in your tracks. Because we, we ta- he, ta- well. he talks about how he likes people who work hard off the ball. Yeah. I mean, Lee, how we had a go at you almost got up <laughs> for saying he's not bothered about his wingers tracking back, which Gooch does do that though. So for, for what more, it's clear why he wanted what more in to try and use his pace to get balls well, over the top and in behind the defenders. It's only a bit of variety we've got. What more? Like, yeah. There's no, everybody else is the same. Like, really? I mean, I think obviously going back to the forwards there you mentioned I think looking at Parkinson's teams over the years he does like a target man doesn't he look at mm-hmm. yeah James Hansen at Bradford you know big target man to play off Gary Medine at Bolton mm-hmm. done a job for him there like so perhaps that's why he has looked at Charlie White thinking Wilbraham yeah, yeah you know what I mean these lads and yeah. that so we can you know try and pin the centre off and you know put it up there and play off him and that like but he tried to sign him didn't he I think did he? When we got him. And he, I think they got Doys instead from Forest Green. Green. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so if, you know, obviously with, with Charlie White being out now, then well, is he going to go with Will Grigg or McNulty up there or perhaps the pair of them, you know, might change the, the formation. Both. You go with both, yeah. Because we, we didn't use the midfield at the weekend right. at all, so what's the point in picking an extra, putting mm. three? You might as well just bin one. Mm. I mean, we didn't use them. We didn't get on the ball in the middle of the park at all. And yeah. we weren't looking to. We were completely bypassed the midfield. Yeah. You know, they were getting bad next. You know, the three midfielders watching the ball sail over the heads. If that's the way they're going to play, fine. But you might as well just play two up and try and get at least somebody around who's going to pick up bits, you know, on the edge of the I box. L- I love what League One's turned Gareth into. Yeah, four four. Just get the two strikers in. Well, four four two. Ball over the top. Bypass midfield. Everything like we no. spoke against <clears> over the last few I'm years. Not, I'm not saying we should do that. I'm just saying know, if this is how he's going to do it, then. We might as well because what's the point in having, you know, we've got identical centre midfielders. You know, they're they're all the same. Oh, I agree. I, from what I've seen in the games this year, um, the four centre midfielders are all like alike. I think um, Dobson was meant to be a box to boxer, but from the games, I'm not really seeing it to be honest with you. Grant obviously is staging his career now. He likes to get on the ball and tick it over in front of the back four. So for me, I'd, and then you've got McGeo and. Power. power again is he meant to be more of a box to box I've not really seen it too much so you know you you want one of them to go and join in and help, help the target man because whether it's been Wyke or Grigg and that they have looked isolated when the ball's gone up haven't they and you know 30-40 yards before someone's getting in and around them to, to pick the ball off him but again do you not think maybe that's uh, on the players a bit more so if you're one of the midfielders it might not be a natural game but certainly if you're a max power type player, say, right, I'm going to get this green by the scruff of the neck and if nobody else is going to play more dynamic balls forward, I'm going to do that tonight. Yeah. I think someone does need to just take control of it. Yeah, possibly, yeah. I mean, whether, again, only the manager and the boys will know in the changing rooms whether the manager said, you two just sitting there, I want the wingers to get and join forward. If um, Luca Nines obviously played in the 10, hasn't he, a few times in behind um, Wyke or whatever's played up there. So, he might be a bit cautious and want them to sit, but I think, as you say, at some stage in the game, you know, whether if they're one nil behind or whatever, and they need to get back into a game that, if it's Grant that's sitting, whoever's alongside him, you know, he's got to, you know, kick him on. You go and join in up there, and we know we need to to, to push on to try and get back into a game. It'd be Dobson and Power for me tomorrow night. I would. I don't. I think the game now. It's sad because obviously Grant came back, and you thought like, you know, it's nice. And if we go up this season, he plays a part in that. It's a good story, but the game just passes by. Like sadly, like the, the, you know, you get past pa- pass through. 
he can't recover. You know, when he gets on the ball, he's actually all right, and he sort of shields it well, and moves away from people. But you need, you need to be. You can't. You, you can't have people running past you all the time. Like it's a problem. Like and it. I just don't think. You know, like at the moment, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't pick him. Like sadly, I, I would have Dobson in because at least he gives you a bit of athleticism. You know, mm. like so, there's something there. He'll, he'll run around, and you know he's got a bit of physicality, a bit of height. You know, and he, you know he played quite well against Burnley, I thought in particular. And I'd have, I'd have Max Power in because I think probably he's our best one of the four. Right. It's a bit of a shame because in the latter days of Jack Ross, I think we were seeing the best of power. He was kind of playing a lot more and like a lot closer to the striker, and I think that's where he thrives. And he scored them like really good goals against Sheffield United and Emily Dons. I mean, McGee can't play; suspended, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So, so Maguire would come in for him for me. To, so to play out wide? Yeah. Okay. So I'd have Maguire, probably Gooch, because Watmore's probably not going to play twice. In what, what are you going here? Are you going 4-2-3-1 or what are you 4-4-2. going? 4-4-2. 4-4-2, yeah. Right. Unfortunately. <laughs> and I'd have it's funny. It's just funny. It's well, funny. This but, is what we've been reduced to. But it's logic, After like, years to of the stance we've taken on it. On if, you're not gonna, if, you, if, if, if you're not going to, if you're not going to use your midfield, what's the point in picking three midfielders? Mm. So do you think what we saw on Saturday, that kind of in Phil Parkinson's image, and that's what we're going to see long term? That's what we're told we're going to get. Like, the, I, don't, the, I don't understand why people seem to think that, like... That, so the interesting thing, we can, and I'm sure you've got some of these stats or whatever about... Are, are you going to do that about... Man, first, I'm just going to give you a, I'm going to give you a quiz, yeah. So we've got... So there's been managers who come in, so obviously we've got Poirier first game, we've got batted off Swansea 4-0, right? Mm. But the next game, we played Newcastle, mm-hmm. and he played... Four four two, mm-hmm. sim- like we're completely just grafted. It, nothing like mm-hmm. you'd expect them to play. Nothing like we were told. He just came in, was pragmatic, and then we played Southampton in the cup, and he changed it completely. Did, yeah. And then we played Man City on the weekend, and he it was all. And the goal we scored, we I think it was a four. I think we'd had thirty passes, nice. um, because that's what he wanted to do. The worry I've got again is that. We were told we were going to get this football, yeah. and that's what we saw at the weekend. It wasn't, and I'm, I'm worried there's going to be too much of a star contrast between the way Ross has had them set up. Like chance creation is a big issue, yeah. Danny, as you said. Yeah, yeah. But we might have the same issue in chance creation playing two different ways. Mm-hmm. And is this squad capable of playing the way he wants them to do? Are they equipped to play the play the way they, they want them to? Especially now, Charlie White's injured. Yeah. <clears throat> and we and, and we saw I think we saw that with Simon Grayson as well. Simon Grayson came in and he basically said he wanted to play football which was second balls, winning second balls, but we've got too many ball players. I was like, Well, play a way that incorporates the squad you've got, don't he try and shoot all the He said he could do that to be fair. He said because he keeps getting asked about his style and he says well, it depends on the squad you've got. So, so this this is it. I'm hoping that Saturday was kind of the default way he plays. Right. And then, and then he's gonna try and impart yeah. Stuff on well, that's a positive way of looking at Mickey. Thank you for but I'll be able to sleep tonight now. <laughs> yeah, have you ever not slept on a night before a game, Danny? Like, um, you mentioned there like the fear that Man City will put in and I know you're a pro and it's yeah, a job. No, so. no. I think when you're younger, um I know I still know lads now, I'll speak to lads who struggle you after games is when lads tend to struggle. You know, you you go over the game a lot in your head. If but whether you had a good game or you've made a mistake in the game, and you you're going over that. But the older you get, I think you can you learn to let it go. And 
you sort of say to yourself, oh, it's happened now. It's, it's you know, you're disappointed or you're, you're made up, whatever. So Tuesday might come around like for the boys, they're disappointed in that. But some of the older lads, you probably said, right, that, that game's gone now. We can't do nothing about it. We've got to get our heads focused and get ready for the game on Tuesday. So, but I have had games, yeah, where you probably think till Tuesday, Wednesday, you're still stewing over the previous game. You know, when you're younger, more often than not, mm. I think, but the more games you play and the more experience you get, you get, you, you, you tend to put it to the back of your mind okay. quicker. I'm going to quiz Gareth on this manager thing now. Right. You've, I mean, you've already done one, so you're off the mark already. But we'll we'll try and just we'll try and just work backwards. So, uh, Jack Ross first league game. Charlton. And you give people the score. Or oh, two one to Sunderland. Yeah. Well, you. All right. Is that the game? Is that what I gave that? That's right, the game. Okay. I think me, me and Mick managed to nail it in the card. Did. Right. Okay. Um, well, you wrote it, so you should know. I didn't write it. it no prior no research off the cuff. No, no, we just did it off the cuff. Yeah. Go on then. So the manager before that was Chris Coleman. Burton Albion 2-0. Aston Villa 2, Sunderland 1. Was that his first game, was it? Oh, yeah, it was. It was a midweek, wasn't it? Yeah, but right back on my memory. <laughs> so he lost his first game, Simon Grayson, before that? It was 1-1 against Derby. It was indeed. Um, David Moyes. If you can bring yourself to remember <laughs> anything about <laughs> his time in charge. No. Uh, Man City 2-1, we got beat. We did indeed. Uh, Linda Gooch surprisingly playing in that game mm, yeah Donald Love's debut as well what a time to be alive <laughs> uh, did well so to get beat 2-1 who was didn't before we? that Sam Allardyce Newcastle um, oh, 3-0 no it no, was, was the, his second game because if you remember game, there were three it? managers who are lost yeah lost first and then won yeah, the yeah, yeah, lost first lost game it, and yeah. beat Newcastle yeah. it was a sexy football derby Tony Pulis's West Brom 1 Allardyce's Sunderland 0 Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, I don't remember that. It was that one where Pantillamon got fouls for the goal, and there was a load of oh, hell on yeah. about it. Oh, and I don't remember yeah. that one. So before Allardyce was who? Poyet? Was it? Avocat. Avocat, yeah. Ahead of myself here. West Ham. Lost 1 0. We did indeed. Um, help us out here, Mick. <laughs> then poor year before it. <laughs> You've mentioned 4 0. We lost at Swansea, yeah. didn't we? And that, that, that's really interesting, actually, what you said, because Garv was right with that. We got totally be a certain thing, and everyone said, You can't go and try and play Swansea at the wrong game. And he did, and we got battered, and then he changed it for the next game. So maybe Parkinson does that. Steve Bruce, you throwing him in? Yeah. What was his first game? Um, and we won 1 0 at Bolton. Dan Ben scored. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who have we missed out? Martin O'Neill. Martin O'Neill. Um, Blackburn 2 1. Seb Larson free kick. Yeah. Terrible to Tell you what, we were awful in that game as well. Really awful. Uh, Chelsea, we lost 2 1. Mm-hmm. De Canio. Who, was, who did you say before? Who were missing now? We got, it was Bruce after, before that, actually, before Marlon Neil, yeah. wasn't it? And then before that was, who did we say? Ricky Sprazier. Sprazier, there's a one for you. Oh, was it 4 1 at Hull? Was that his first game? We beat West Brom 4 0 the week before. Was that the week before? I remember. Steve Malbronk scored a header. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> I remember winning 4 0 because we won in the week. We scored like eight goals in the week, didn't we? Yeah, he looked like the best manager in the world. Yeah. Um, and Roy Keane before that? 1 1 Leicester, was it? 2 1 against Derby. We beat. We oh, won, oh, we didn't did. We? Yeah, yeah, we did. That was it, yeah. Chris Brown and. Um, Ross Wallace? Ross Wallace yeah. scored. Right. Did you not play in that damn oh, game, Danny? I might have done. I'm <laughs> just thinking what was Roy's first game, and I couldn't. I couldn't was think the first of the home game, game, the Leicester game. Yes, Tobias is in scores, and he drew. We drew one one. Yeah. yeah no, we right. went to Derby and we won. We won two one. We won them down at half time, weren't we? Yeah. And scored quite twice, quite quickly yeah. after the after the break. Yeah. yeah. Chris yeah. Brown, as you say, Chris Brown, Dean Whitehead was it? 
Dean White. No, no, it was Ross Wallace and Ross Wallace. Brown, yeah. Ross yeah. Wallace. So it was the start of him taking his, scored first and taking his shirt off for every goal he scored yeah. and getting poked for it. So yeah, but the quiz should have been the first home games because that, that seemed to be what I remember rather than the away ones. <laughs> so who was before that? What about Barley when he took over from Mick McCarthy? He took over from Mick McCarthy? Because I know he was caretaker, but he had a good oh. sort of 12 yeah. games in charge, didn't he? That's a good question. Do you know this? I didn't, but Mick... Mill Mill Old Trafford, no? When we got relegated. That was the end. I thought it was that far in, we still had a load of games after. The last game under McCarthy, we got beat at Man City, didn't we? Yeah. I'm not 100%, but I think I know it. On the Barley one? Yeah. When we got beat 1-0 off Wigan at home, Kamara scored, yeah. Absolute screamer. Nuggsy Nugs, teed him up perfectly for it, like, but <laughs> we might have to someone check that one out. So, Mick McCarthy, I mean, we all know he lost his first 10 games anyway. Can you remember who it was, isn't it? The first game. Who, Mick McCarthy's yeah. first game for Sunderland? Nottingham Forest, I think, and we got beat to. Forest? Oh, no, no. no it was he, um, he took Bolton. Off we got beat at home off Bolton. That's what I said in the car, I thought it was. I when, didn't know. It was when. Um, I was thinking of the first game of the It's next when season. a coacher did Mickey Gray. With that ridiculous sort of yeah. back heel Meg thing that he did. And Jorkman, Bjorkman went to sleep for the second. See, we're showing how we age you now, remembering yeah. some of this stuff. They keep, like, Sorensen parried it out, and, like, the ball was coming towards him, like, Bjorkman, and he was just, like, ambling towards the ball, and it was, I think it was, um, a cotcher just, like, ran past him and, like, slammed the ball into the net. I remember, um, Sergeant Will Gold, you know, about one? Charlton, was it? Could be. Was it? No, no, it was West Ham at home, wasn't it? I thought it was when we drew 1-1 at Bolton Mickey Gray got the was opener first game, was I it? think it was but again, first home game I remember we were just saying in the car how good it's probably boring he's got, be, he's got to be the worst hasn't he even because Mick said obviously a bit before his time he said was he worse than David well, Moyes but he, Mick McCarthy um, Hal Wilkinson had a better squad than David Moyes had and he yeah. got and he got 19 points and Peter Reid had got 12 of them or something yeah. when he came <laughs> already do you know what, well, do you know what I, I was thinking about this today and like not the not that, like, obviously, you know, Phil Parkinson got promoted with Bolton in the last few years. But his only other League One promotion before that was Colchester in 2006-2007. Yep. Um, and I was thinking about this, and that's, what, 12 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did, when did Wilkinson, 13, so 13 when, when did Wilkinson take over? 2003? Yeah. When did he win the Premier League? 1992. 92, yeah. 91-92. 11 years. So he'd won. How have you managed to think? How have you trained a thought on? <laughs> he'd Don won. Bear? I'm just saying it. Well, it's just interesting because somebody says this person's got a proven track record of promotion <laughs> and he's had two from this league and one of them was 13 years ago. We had Howard Wilkinson and he'd managed England and he'd won the Football League. I think he's the last English manager to win the, fo- the Football before League. Before the Premier League. Yeah. Before yeah. the Premier League. He was the last manager to win the league with Leeds. Leeds yeah. So in, it was 11 years he'd won the league and then he came to Sunderland. It's 13 since Phil Parkson got promoted to Colchester and this is a person who's got a proven track record of promotion from League One. I'm, with Bolton as well. Not though. a bit, well, I'm saying, yeah. Mm. And he got a promotion from League Two with Bradford. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm not like trying to be like overly negative. <laughs> well, I'm just saying know, it's, in, it's interesting when people have these... We can say we're not being negative all I want, but we've ended the show talking about Howard Wilkinson. So... Uh, <laughs> You know, you can't really get you can't really get worse than that. Should talk talk about somebody positive. Well, Peter Reid's the last one, then there you go, because he's a, the first of the first stadium. Game in like, charge. Yeah. I think I know uh, this. Swindon Town, 1-0. Was it not Sheffield United, 1-0? And Craig Russell scored. Yes, it was. 
It was. He scored right at the end. Yeah, with the two big ones. Then, one sucked it in because it like yeah, the shot hit the right. keep and it ballooned up in the air. And the wind it was a really windy day. <laughs> I remember like the corner flags like bending over, and like it, it was like throw on goal on the ball at the keep and just billowed up in the air. And it looked like it was going over the bar. And the wind just like in the full end sucked in the net. Great stuff. That's the last ten minutes. I was, doing, I was doing the sign about the ball, <laughs> like that was demonstrating it. So yeah. Thanks for coming along tonight, Danny. You're probably wondering what was going on the last 10 minutes there anyway. uh, You were going too deep on the managers. I was struggling after these. After reading, you've got me. Yeah, four or or five, I think, yeah. Saw them off. And I just need to get out more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. With that tie on, you do. Because it is... He's straight out in that tie, isn't he? Straight out, yeah, yeah. He's like a yuppie. Right, we'll finish then. Who was your favourite, Danny, by the way? Manager. Yeah. Mick. Mick probably in my career, actually. Right. I'd say. Probably had 20 plus managers and... Mick, um, I got asked this the other week actually and just out of man management I think is a big key in, in terms of a manager really and Mick had it you know, in spades I think um, he was honest he called lads in if they weren't going to be playing have a word tell them why they weren't um, he could have a laugh at the same time he was, he could have, he could give you a good bollocking as well if things weren't going right do you know what I mean he, he ticked a lot of boxes as a manager I think and um, yeah so I put him in at number one Sleeves was saying he would have had him back didn't he he, s- he, says, the same, he says the same yeah, yeah. Interesting. So here's to Sunderland smashing the Wolf Right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>